We join the financial coach, Ron Hebert, retired portfolio manager. I'm Gord Whitehead, a retired broadcast. The show is called Making Money. Now, we've just been through something that, uh, well, we never experienced anything like it in our lifetime, Ron, the pandemic had a big effect on a lot of things. And we had shutdowns, businesses went under, uh, other businesses are struggling to get back on their feet. Some have prospered through it. It's been a very interesting time. And we're gonna talk about the recovery trade in light of all of this, right? We're gonna look at uh, those industries that frankly were shut down because of COVID. And when we had a shutdown during this people during this time period, people spent money on goods and very little on services. So we saw big demand for home repair and furnishings, food that you could prepare at home, swimming pools, barbecues, RVs, camping equipment, stuff you could do solo. That sold very, very well. And social media platforms like Zoom, Microsoft Teams, entertaining yourself on Disney or Netflix, that stuff really did well. But now people are beginning to get out again, and there's an entirely set of different set of industries that can take economic advantage of people climbing out from underneath the rock they were in for two years and starting to spend money. And it's those service sectors specifically that we're going to look at today. Okay, so let's uh, you know, let's. So where do we want to start in? Um, did this really? Now that is COVID behind us, and I think that we can we can debate that one too, right? So some things are going to prosper a little bit better than others, likely, right? Yeah. Now, according to Statistica, in a recent survey of travel industry professionals, and they typically are at the leading edge of knowing what people are doing and what uh, uh, in crowd behavior and psychology is, forty-eight percent think that participation levels will get back to pre-COVID levels. In 2023, while 44% think that it'll be delayed and won't get there until 2024. Now, the consensus is that this transition will take time, but it looks like uh, the opinion is behind the curve because people have been getting out faster uh, than the experts thought. I mean, all you have to do is look at Tom Cruise's recent Top Gun movie, which has been setting all-time box office records in many categories, and people have been going back to movie theaters a lot faster than they originally predicted. And there's other areas where this is happening as well. Well, look at airline travel. Look at all the fiascos at different airports and stuff. Now, some of that has to do with security issues. I get that. But you, clearly, people are traveling again, right? Yeah. I mean, you look at the, the sectors that are in this, uh, what we call this comeback trade. And there's movie theaters, bars and restaurants, sports venues, travel, concerts, hotels, air travel. And these will tend to be the big beneficiaries. And among these are some of the areas you need to look at because that's where you're going to find the end opportunities as people flood back to these things and their earnings recover. I suppose the flip side of that coin, Ron, is you know, some things that may never come back to where they were prior to the pandemic, right? And that's why you have to be so selective with uh, the things that you're going to invest in in the recovery trade. First of all, it's unlikely that people will return to the office in pre-pandemic numbers. You know, I think the numbers... The work that from they, home thing, right? Yeah. Oh, totally. Uh, business travel is also affected. Uh, corporations are just finding it's much cheaper to communicate over the Internet with Zoom and Teams and all the other, uh, me- you know, me- mechanizations or, or machinations of ways to, 
to communicate. Uh, I've had a couple of contracts over the last couple of years, Gord, and I haven't been into the office at all. I've done all my work over two years over over Zoom and Microsoft Teams. So you don't have to go back into the office. And as a result, you know, you've got the, you've got things like, like, for example, office towers where people, um, you know, corporations are budgeting for maybe 60 to 70 percent occupancy, whereas so they're shrinking their footprint by a third to half. And that means that if, uh, if you have office towers, uh, there's going to be incredibly shrinking demand. And that this doesn't look like it's going to be short term. It looks like it's going to be long term. You know, and the jury's out on brick and mortar. I mean, I've been to malls and, you know, it's picked up. But I'm not sure how much they're going to be able to recover because so much of the market share has been lost to e-commerce providers. And, you know, will they be able to win that back? Well, I'm not sure. There's you know, a, a, you know, I, I was an episode of Bill Maher's show a few weeks ago that I watched where he kind of railed about this, you know, get out to the mall. He's saying, go back and support businesses and quit ordering online because of the environmental impact. And my wife and I were talking about it. We've ordered stuff online, and I always wonder, why does it have to come in a box that size? <laughs> you know, the little wee package is in a huge box. And I'm wondering if maybe it's a demographic thing. People that are a little older might tend to go back to the malls where the young people want to keep ordering online. I think that's an area to watch here. Oh, I I. I definitely think so, and and I think some sectors like groceries are going to be uh, uh, more resilient than others. But I think if you're going to invest in in brick and mortar, um, you want to make sure that you're watching the earnings closely, and you're making sure that the industry or the sector of retail is actually making a recovery, and it hasn't uh, lost its advantage per- permanently to e-commerce providers. Cruise ships, oh boy, here's a hot potato. You know, two issues with cruise ships. Number one, they've, they've, they've been relaunching, but they still have problems where they, they start a cruise, and of course then everybody gets quarantined because someone brings uh, uh, COVID-19 on the boat, and then before you know it, a uh, third or half the ship gets it. And, you know, this luxury cruise that you're supposed to go on, all of a sudden, you're floating out in the middle of a bay somewhere. You can't go anywhere because nobody will let you off the ship. And also, cruise ships have taken literally a huge financial beating. They have this enormous infrastructure that they've had to support while literally their business was, was shut down by governments for over two years. And so their financial health isn't that great. And I'm not sure that all the players in that space are going to survive because they all have such big debt on their balance sheet now to try and stay alive while they've been waiting for this infection to get behind us. And yeah, and and let's not forget those cruise ships aren't cheap to build either. No, (laughs) they aren't. You're talking a lot of money there. So some of these questionable areas, if they see revived consumer interest, if you see things starting to pick up, is that, that, that should garner your attention, right? Yeah, you want to watch for investment ideas where you're going to see uh, a pickup in activity. You know, as we discussed earlier, the economy is just starting to open up after two years of uh, literally having our personal liberties taken away from us. And some industries are recovering. Hotels, movie theaters, theme parks, and restaurants seem to be recovering quite well. Some are struggling but making progress like airlines and overseas travel. 
and others look like the economies of their industries have changed permanently and might never recover to their pre-COVID levels. And that's areas like people returning to work, uh, people going to shopping malls, or people engaging in business travel. So play the reopening trend means being very, very selective here. So how do you invest in this recovery story? Well, the big risk right now is a recession. And if we're in a recession, it means that virtually everything goes down. And so you don't have to be in a hurry. Uh, You've got to watch things closely because this would change an investor's timing versus if we go into a recession now versus if the economy starts taking off again. The lowest risk sectors are the ones that have the highest probability of returning to normal. Uh, Movie theaters, hotels, restaurants, medium risk, medium return venues or airlines and overseas travel, especially in Asia. And they're still struggling. And, of course, the airlines are also struggling because they can't get enough staffing. They've been cutting flights. Uh, you Fuel landed costs in are it. high, yeah. Oh, and, and look at the airport scored. Oh, I know. <laughs> I'd rather not. <laughs> and so then you've got high-risk, high-return sectors like cruise ships, office towers, bricks-and-mortar retailers, and business travels that really have the jury out on how well they'll recover, if at all. Okay, so that's the recovery trade. A lot to chew on there. And the big red flag that's waving is pay attention to what's going on. Like, if, if things continue to trend down because of recession, uh, you don't want to be tied into any of those sectors that uh, are suspect right now. Otherwise, I, I, The other side, I guess, is opportunity, right? When things go down, it's a good time to buy sometimes. There's always opportunity when markets get cheap. Okay, so for the, those of us who are parents... Ron and myself included, have youngsters. Uh, thankfully, ours are growing. <laughs> but when you have youngsters and you want to teach them about money, that's what we're going to touch on next week. This is a big topic, Ron, one that most parents don't pay enough attention to, do they? No, and here again, this is another topic that was driven by an investor who's uh, done a really good job with his own children teaching them about money, and he mentioned some practical ways to teach your kids about money and mentioned the fact that I should do a show on it. So I took some of his concepts and I added a few more, and uh, we'll have a guide for you if uh, you want your kids to not grow up and be financially illiterate like most are these days. All right, back next week with another edition of Making Money. On behalf of the financial coach, Ron Hebert, I'm Gord Whitehead. We'll talk to you next week. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.